0: Coming up on the podcast, WTF 1985, it's my real weird genius science project. Three movies you can't miss, yet did. Well, hello there, listener, and welcome to episode 211 of the Magnum Huge Broadcast. This is Chris, and this week, along with Eric and Brian, we're going to dive all the way back to the year 1985, specifically a very sliver of the year, the first week of August 1985, wherein three, counting three, very similar movies were all released within a week of each other, Weird Science, Real Genius, and My Science Project. What do these movies have in common? Well, I think that the titles kind of say it all. Uh, so we're gonna sort of review why three very similar, yet so dissimilar, movies uh, came out one week apart and fared very miserably at the box office because, you know, it's just too much of a good thing with some bad stuff thrown in. Cause, uh, some of them are good, some of them are bad, but, uh, one. Reigns supreme and we're gonna delve into what we think that one is etc etc but yeah it's a weird happenstance for the year 1985 i mean wtf right 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 i know you're thinking it uh if you are thinking it send us an email to com. let us know how we did uh let us know how we didn't uh, anything show ideas comments uh, questions uh whatever we're good we'll listen to it we'll uh, read it we'll hear it we'll absorb it uh, and get back to you maybe Uh, you can also reach out to us via twitter at maghuge on facebook instagram all those places you can even hit us up on our website maghuge.com and then uh, while you're at it follow the links to the shows on itunes apple music whatever that thing is now uh, soundcloud stitcher yada yada yada. so give it a whirl enjoy the show Uh, we got music talk We got movie talk. We got TV talk. Uh, 85, just a very oddball year uh, that just leaves us befuddled, as always, because it was so long ago and we barely remember it. So enjoy the show. We'll be back after these commercial messages.
2: His name was Robert
0: Paulson. He would do anything for love, but he won't do that.
2: You know, of the many deaths this week, his is the one that, to me, is somehow memorable. Who, Robert Paulson's?
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister Loaf. Yes, his friends meat call him to meat. his friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a weird one. Like that, I, I scrolled through my like newsfeed, and that came up like first thing in the morning. I told my wife because she loves like the Bat Out of Hell era Meat Loaf, because he's just a yeah. theatrical. And uh, sure. she's like, that one really hits home. That's like her childhood just died right there. <laughs> so, no, I was. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm kind of surprised he didn't have a heart attack in like 1996. But okay.
0: Yeah. Right. I yeah. was
2: thinking of uh, the the movie Roadie from 1980 that he was in, uh, where where he's a roadie and he helps Alice Cooper uh, get his show together. And I think he tours with Blondie. And nice. Yeah, it, it was like, oh, who's this this fat weirdo? He was kind of the <laughs>
1: precursor to Jack Black. Yeah. I just yeah, I re- know, I was gonna say, isn't he like Jack Black the first? Is that <laughs> Well, he's,
0: he's less goofy, though. I mean, in the, in the overarching. But I'll always sure. remember him in the movie Black Dog from the late 80s, or late 90s. It was like a Swayze movie about, like, a renegade trucker. Uh, and I only remember that. I've never seen it, but a friend of mine I used to work with at the bookstore, he used to work at a a video store or something or maybe it was at the bookstore but somebody brought it in like you ever seen black dog he's like no It's like that movie changed my life and it was like all they said and he like walked off and to this day he's like i'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing <laughs> so that's forever one of my <laughs> All right.
1: Well, hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we'll introduce ourselves. My name is Brian. Hey, Brian.
0: This is Chris. Eric. Hey, Eric. I'm Chris over here.
1: And we together, all, we great. talk over each other. <laughs> We're terrible That's right.
0: <laughs> and,
1: and then we do a segment where we talk about new stuff called The Fresh Shit. This shit is fresh. Oh,
0: shit. It is fresh. This stuff is rare. fresh. Tell us about Peacemaker, Eric
2: yeah i did watch on brian's uh recommendation peacemaker and despite the presence of john <laughs> cena who i you know find no use for otherwise this was very funny it was very good and i realized this is this is why dc is going to win in the end because marvel they've got that that uh, uh success formula that worked for so long, but they've got nothing else except that sort of homogenous family entertainment superhero movie, and DC can basically do anything the fuck they want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> DC has definitely been rolling harder in terms of like R ratings and and yeah. sex and violence and general general I, nastiness, yeah. right? Like
2: like take this and take Joker, right? And they are just two completely wide opposite extremes of uh, comic book movies, and then take two of the widest extremes of Marvel, and you get like, what? Punisher and Ant-Man. And they're both still pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's just... I think DC, over time, has sort of uh, m- more embraced their small screen successes uh, opposed that's to true. The, the giant, yeah, that's true. Ten-fold movie it's thing. It's good
1: for them. I mean... But, but but Peacemaker though, right? Like this is James Gunn going, Okay, where's my hair metal playlist? Let's do this. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I still
0: haven't seen it. I think I'm gonna wait for the whole series to be available and then I'll probably binge it, but I haven't gone in there yet.
1: Oh, uh, it's it's glorious. And and yeah, he's such he's such a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I will ask you this, yeah. Eric.
0: Based on uh Brian's talk from last week, uh is it true that uh robert patrick looks like uh john voight no
2: i don't think so i think robert patrick <laughs> just looks like robert patrick but like okay yeah you know, carved out of wood he looks old uh yeah. but but by god he is such a great choice for a white supremacist former superhero <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god villain is he yeah, he was a super villain thing. i dick yeah i'm not sure yeah okay well, no, if, you're, the, if,
2: you're, if your costume name is White Dragon and you're a racist, yeah, yeah you're probably a supervillain.
0: <laughs> depends. Depends on where you're from, though, honestly. If you're from well, like I think even <laughs> deep Alabama <laughs> no, or Mississippi, old, you're probably a hero.
2: I believe that is an old Jeff Foxworthy joke. If you're a superhero whose name is White Dragon, you might be a racist. I think that's one of his bits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Uh, so good. You only watched the first episode. You've been watching. all No,
2: four I, I watched all four that were available and I went, Oh man, that's good. I, I okay. just, you know, yeah. Each and every one was just perfectly fun. Um, okay. and it's the kind of thing that makes me, uh, I, I mean, it, thing is I've seen so much stuff that I like and then don't <laughs> that I see like a season two of the boys coming out of this where I'm like, Ah, uh, dude, you ran out. It's like I don't know how they're going to maintain this, but I, yeah.
1: I don't know that they can. I, I mean, these are written and directed by James Gunn, right? At all. Like he, oh, they're not. I've only been through the first two, and those both were. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's very much like you know running this show, and I don't know that it is the same show without him being that involved. And and the guy's going to be busy, right? Like he is. Yeah. It wouldn't be Uh, so bad to just have a one-off series, right? And not have to sequelize it all the time. Like, just just tell a story and be done.
2: I think it would be fun if this were somehow like, yeah, they do one season that ends up leading into a different Suicide Squad member that gets their own show,
1: you know? Oh, okay. I could be down with that. (laughs) That, And then that one
2: (laughs) ends after one season and that leads into, you know, it's like, that'd be a way of daisy chaining all these
0: Suicide Squad people. I would love a but, Polka uh, Dot Man series. Yeah, I think everyone sweet. would. That would be sweet. Yes. But uh, the rest, eh, <laughs> I could take or leave. Maybe Weasel, weasel yeah. Guy, whatever his name was, the Weasel. It, weasel,
1: yeah. yeah they, okay. They all get call-outs. Uh, yeah. You know, th- this literally starts in episode one with, previously on the Suicide Squad. <laughs> right? Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I heard a he big keeps bit. going back.
2: He keeps going back to when he killed Flag, and like, yeah, he's, he's having like major remorse, and you know it's becoming a theme. And if they bring back Colonel Flag, then they can bring back anyone. They can bring back Polka dot Man. They can, yeah. sure. I mean, do whatever the I, fuck, they want.
0: It was my understanding that guns one of his main influences for this show was the 1979 Captain America movie that they did on like CBS or whatever. Like that was his. That was his like primary, uh, like template for the look and feel of the whole thing. I don't know how. I don't know how accurate that is to the show itself, but that's what I read. So,
2: do they have a musical intro? Because that musical intro is
1: funny. Yeah, James Gunn did some did some interviews where he's like, "I did this just to see if I could get people to not hit the skip intro button." <laughs>
0: <Right? Yeah. laughs> Because we all
1: do. What it, I thought, right? what I thought that meant was, I thought that every episode was going to have a different intro, just to keep you <laughs> guessing. But so far, that uh, first two episodes have the that's, same one. At least that's a for, lot of I work. haven't gone all four. That's a lot
0: of work to do it, that.
2: It made me think, actually, of that Factor Five Star Wars game of yours, where like,
1: yeah, Star Wars people are <laughs> disco
2: dancing. It's like they took all the characters from the show and forced them to do like a dance routine because their faces yes. don't change. it's
1: beautiful and he has a he has a sidekick that is named eagly that is just an american eagle and as far as i know eagly is utterly useless but he's he's good at like stealing scenes mostly (laughs) yeah right all right anyway
2: so so yeah good show um other thing i watched second season of true detective this is the one that everybody shat on when it came out like because everybody loved the uh matthew mcconaughey uh uh uh, woody harrelson first season and then the second season has nothing to do with the first season but i'm watching i'm like this is really good i'm not sure why people had such a problem with it it's
0: uh, i think it's um, just it's like that that expectation thing like you said you know people are like maybe really hardcore about their uh facts and lies their first season and then how do you top that it's just that's a it's a curse mind. but yeah maybe yeah, i mean they yeah because it, it it
2: definitely has I its own mind. i guess value and and the thing is i didn't think the first one was necessarily the best thing i'd ever seen it was just different you so right you know. but uh yeah this has got what colin farrell and rachel mcadams and uh, I think it's Taylor Kitsch they're, they're like three cops who are like one is a highway patrol one is from this specific city one is a state trooper and they're all disliked where they come from they all have some issue so they all get pushed into this murder investigation that nobody wants solved and it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun watching, watching Colin Farrell devolve you know watching, watching the three of them basically implode because of their own personal problems while trying to solve this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good season. I I guess if you've never watched True Detective, maybe watch this season first. And then I watch mean, the first mm, one. I mean Because the first one is is really good. But you know, is again, it super- you're never gonna it, see that again.
0: But is the first season superior to the second? Or is it just a different flavor?
2: I think it's just a different flavor. It's okay. not even the same city. It's you know, i I mean, it has none of the intensity of Matthew McConaughey because he is so fucked up in the first season, <laughs> but okay, but the resolution of season one, it's not a big deal. I think by the end of season one, I was like, that's it.
1: you know i I like what what they what you're saying they've done here, though, which is that they told a story in season one. They told a totally different story in season two, and they didn't they didn't right. try and say... You know, and now more of that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like it's kind of like your Suicide Squad uh, series concept, right? Like, don't do another Peacemaker, do yeah. something else.
0: Well, I mean, it's like they've done it on Fargo successfully for what, like five seasons yeah. now or something? So it's, it's doable.
2: Those, those all have kind of a, connective, a piece of connective tissue, but it is the same. Yeah, it's, um, uh, oh boy, why can't I think of that word? Um. There's like a word for this kind of show that it will come to me later
0: <laughs> Were you okay. just do anthology. Bit.
2: Thank you. That's the word. It's an anthology. Okay, series. Man. So getting and old season stuff. three did get made. That was like, uh, oh, that was years ago. So I think this is done, but, uh, there was a third one with Maharsala Ali and Stephen Dorf.
0: And I'll watch almost
2: anything with Steven Dorff because he's Dorf. just, it's so funny watching like <laughs> the former Gen X badass basically be, you know, a schlubby middle aged dude.
0: Yeah. Now, I'd like to see him and like uh, Brendan Fraser do something together, right? Maybe <laughs> make that like a, a true detective spinoff. <laughs> there you go.
1: Hey, it's get fun. Robert Patrick in on it while you're hey, Why not? <laughs> yeah.
0: Sure. You get a show. Can we, can we have,
2: have Steven Dorff? Playing Luke Perry because I think they're basically the same guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. I know Omg, can Richard Grieco have a
1: cameo anyway? <laughs> oh God, just stop it. Just uh, stop it.
2: Nobody okay, and that. finally, I I read a book. Um, just just it's like like I don't know why, but I I went to UFOs and I read Unacknowledged by Stephen Greer which is a series of interviews he did with people who either had sightings or were part of the conspiracy within the government to hide alien contact stuff. And it's like, these people are so out to lunch. It is, it is, it is, it is so <laughs> fun. It's like, I don't read it like, oh shit, there's a conspiracy. I read it more like, like well done crazy fiction. You Right. Know? Because it all reads like well done crazy fiction. Somebody made up a story about a conspiracy to hide alien contact and majestic twelve and all that stuff. I I think that's really awesome. Um, you know, give me something to v- something real to vote on, and maybe I'll do something. But in the meantime, you're all just nutty. But I love watching you be nutty.
0: Yeah, well, it's like uh, in the books like David Icke with all of the lizard people walking among us thing, like V <laughs> like it's a ah. real thing or like chariots <laughs> of the gods. Like chariots when I worked the at the gods, yeah. when I, when I worked at the bookstore, like you could, it was always fun when someone came in and was looking for one of those. Cause you knew immediately they were just fucking nuts <laughs> and then yeah. you, yeah. and you could engage <laughs> as such with them. It's like, Oh, what do you, Oh yes. That's over there in the bullshit section. Have at it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember at the
2: video funny. store when JFK came out and there was those people coming in going, This shit's real. And I'd just be like, All right, dude. Uh yeah. two bucks.
0: <laughs> oh, I remember video stores. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's
2: what I got. Why don't you why not you guys impress me?
0: Oh. Don't know that we can. Yeah, I doubt <laughs> I doubt that's gonna happen. You let off pretty hardcore easi- there, man. E- I am easily impressed. That's true
1: uh yeah it's not going to be me so i'll get it over
0: with <laughs> yeah you want to go brian you want to rochambeau uh so, yeah i'll just so. go okay
1: um okay so i've been working a lot so i haven't had a lot of free time um hey, we have been watching um we have been watching the new season of, of our favorite sport which is of course battle bots um BattleBots <laughs> is back it's on discovery you can get it on hulu uh God there, damn it, this show is fun. I just love watching people spend like a quarter of a million dollars on a killer robot and then just having it
0: thrown in the air and set on fire and <laughs> smash. I was going to say, how Beautiful. many of them, like, like uh, of the few times I've seen that show, like, it seems like one of three things for the robots. They've either got like a giant saw or like a spring-loaded flip mechanism or like a flamethrower. Am I wrong?
1: Well, so, like, there's there's been strategies you know and and right now the the robots that do the most winning are what they call vertical spinners they've got like this big snowplow in front and then this big heavy disk that's spinning upwards at the top of the snowplow and they try to get under each other and send them send them flying and whack them but we're starting to see people get weird with the designs um to try and like be hard to get if you've got one of the typical robots so there's like this one robot called Huge which has these giant wheels and it's way up high in the air, so most of the robots can't get to it, and it has this big blade that can, can knock them around. And then somebody was like, huge is weird, and they made an even bigger one and called it Mammoth, and we're, just, <laughs> we're starting to get weird designs, which is fun. It's so, be monster trucks pretty soon. Yeah, really. Well, there's, I think there's I, this I, one dude who has a robot that somehow is on BattleBots called Rusty, and it's just shit he found around his parents' farm. Nice. Like the, it's literally got a head that's made out of a like a metal salad bowl this thing just is is so obviously so, not a serious battle bot and everyone loves it
0: so i'm guessing this is more like less like nascar where everything has to fit within the same realm of mechanics it's more like like f1 there, where there anything are definitely go- anything rules goes. like
1: okay. the weapons can only hit so hard and they have to weigh less than 250 pounds and shit like that but otherwise it's it's pretty creative
2: it's I was going to say, back- this all sounds like the, the, like, opening scene of a movie about how the the mechs take over the planet. Because they just keep <laughs> making them bigger and bigger, <laughs> and then you've got, like, you know, these, these things that are 20 stories tall. Oh, no. And they become no. self-aware.
1: See, I'm that, thinking... That, unfortunately, is not BattleBots. I sent you guys a link to that commercial I saw, didn't I? Yeah, that crazy like- security thing. Oh, my God. I, I seriously thought that that was like a viral marketing thing for some movie where they were going to be like, well, here's the evil corporation that's building, <laughs> you know, evil robots. And no, it was a commercial for Nightscope. And I start Googling Nightscope and they're real. And they're literally making like fucking Daleks. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, what part of don't do that are you not getting, guys? Yes. Yeah. I just, yeah, anytime like um, you see
0: the clips roll through of like the robotics people at MIT or whatever, and and they've perfected some other element where it walks like a human or whatnot, I'm like, you people, that's like Skynet is going on right now. It's like you just you just stop it, really, just fucking but, quit it.
1: But these guys are literally advertising that there's 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 like their ad is like there are 300 million Americans and there aren't nearly enough security guards and cops, so we're building robots, and it's like. <laughs> yeah. Dude. These officers are limited by how many
2: hours they can work in a day, how much they can see, how much they can remember, and how fast they can react. What if there are advanced technologies that could work nonstop, around the clock, helping these officers and guards keep Americans safe, without taking a break? This isn't science fiction, this is reality today. Nightscope currently operates a fleet of fully autonomous security robots that generate and analyze over 90 terabytes of data per year, per machine.
0: You have 30
1: seconds what? to comply. Yeah, to <laughs> watch, watch anything of. that was made. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is just me having read all of these uh, uh, alien uh, conspiracy books, but, but hear me out on this one. Uh, the, the robot industrial complex got all the cops... To like kill people like randomly somehow like but on camera so that everybody flips out <laughs> and says defund the police and the police say well fuck you then and they all pull back and so crime gets out of control. That is the cue for OCP to come in with RoboCop and like replace everybody.
1: Pretty sure that was the actual setup for OCP. Yeah. In RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh that's exactly wow. what's
2: happening, though. How how nuts yeah. is that? Yeah, the
1: the, the the world is so broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the other thing I've been doing is playing the original Dark Souls, because these fucking games have gotten their hooks into me since I got Demon's Souls in the PS5, and I had to go back and play the original, and I'm just about finished it, but... Man, these games are so well designed and and they so don't have good sound and they have mediocre graphics, but boy are they good. What do you do? Uh, <laughs> dark Souls is I mean, it is basically a um a fantasy uh dungeon crawler in 3D, but it's just dark and bleak and hard so you you have to equip a character and you you have to be pretty choosy with your stats cuz you pretty much have to commit to a different style you can be a fighter or a magician or a something else or but but like you've got you've got things like you can only carry so much armor unless you up certain stats and so you can't have good weapons or you can't have good armor and then you fight these enormous monster bosses that just will come and fuck you up um Ultimately, it's a game about learning how the levels are laid out. So you start out in any part of the level and it just fucks you. Like the smallest minion will just immediately kill you if you're not constantly on, on point. And eventually you learn all of their positions and you learn their patterns and then you can come in and just wreck the place. And it's well designed in terms of you get a little ways and then you open shortcuts and then you don't have to do that anymore. And you can take the shortcut. (laughs) Um, but it's just a, a really, really compelling hack and slash shooting arrows, throwing fireballs, killing monsters game. Good Hmm. stuff.
0: At what point does uh, it turn into OCP taking over a city?
1: Um, it, if if it does, we're in trouble because it's really brutal. Uh, so hopefully yeah. never. Man, I hate. I don't video think videos. anyone
2: can doubt though that the robots would do a better job. I I, I honestly <laughs> think I've been saying for years we ought to turn the whole fucking thing over to the robots, especially given the what's going on today with everybody saying that everything is partisan and we can't. Let those Democrats count the election votes. We got to get in there and fuck up how, the election. Um, this is
1: when you how, want robots running things. How much of that is driven by AI algorithms on Twitter and Facebook? Uh, Touche. You sure?
0: <laughs> I mean, surely there's a robot that could do that calculation for you, Brian.
1: Yeah, I can do that calculation.
0: 100%. Okay, Chris, what's your first- <laughs> Uh I too have had a busy week uh, between. Stuff, uh, but I will tell you this: uh, I have become instantly enamored of this new band from the Isle of Wight called Wet Leg. Uh, they don't even have. I was an,
1: checking that out on, on on the links you sent out. Yeah,
0: they they only have four songs out right now. They have an album due in like April, but they became like this huge viral sensation based on the strength of their first song release called Chase Long. And it is the hookiest, f- most fun song I've heard, in I don't know how long. And it just got its hooks into me, and I've listened to it on repeat almost for about yeah. a week and a half.
1: I'm getting real L7 and Veruca Salt kind of vibes off
0: of them, Dude, like, it, like Breeders, all of the Britpop stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just the hook is intense, and it's an earwig and a half. And then you sit around singing the lyrics because they're just they're they're borderline <laughs> nonsensical. But they're so fun and it's like in that respect it's like the breeders where it's just the lyrics are just an extension of the the melody and the hook they're not really there to be anything profound uh but they're just fun like the the opening verse is just uh like mommy daddy look at me i went to school and i got a degree all my friends call it the big d i went to school and i got the big d (laughs) and she just starts singing (laughs) i got the big d I went to school and I got the big D, you know, uh, it's just so fun. And then it goes into the, the actual chorus with the, the lead guitar hook. And it's just sort of pop punky, very quick, very simple, but yet very elegant. Uh, I just don't know how to explain it. it just got it hooked into me. Oh.
1: I, I listened to their other song, uh, Wet Dream, Wet Dreams Those awesome lyrics well. were not nonsensical. It was basically a song yeah. sung by a girl uh, to a guy who who knows that like he's masturbating yeah. to the thought of her and, and she's calling him out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's
0: uh it's quite fun. Uh and even their other song, Too Late Now, has got some good stuff. Oh no it's just uh it's like space junk, but on a a, a slower uh, meter it's just like the weirdest like nonsensical lyrics just they do like staccato almost this, this beat. it's kind of their weakest one so far but uh, for a four-song uh, library from a, a new band it's just it's stellar I can't even explain it. I just, I want more from them, but it was like music heroin all week for me. I'm like, oh, that song's over. This
1: is is like exactly Chris's jam. Yeah, it's so
0: good. It is so good. And it's just deceptively simple, like I said, because it's just, you know, a four piece. But it's just two women uh, who met in college and just started making music. And then this is sort of what came out of it. But they're on the Isle of Wight, which is sort of, that's like the Sticks in the UK. Uh, and so it's just, they they have a very weird sensibility, uh, and it just, it works for me on so many levels. So that's my new, my new favorite. And I can't wait for their album to come out cause I'm going to be listening to that one, uh, 24 seven. So there you go. But yeah, Shay's long, find it on YouTube. It's a, it's funny. It's good. Wet dream too late now. Oh no. Four songs better than just about 90% of the other stuff that's out there period. End of story (laughs) on the chaise law. So thank you for your time. All right,
1: let's do the show then. Yeah. Whose topic is this?
0: Uh, it morphed. We were looking for, uh, like, uh, who wore it better kind of a show like we did with deep impact and Armageddon, uh, and that sort of thing. And, and then we found
2: out that there were a, bunch of badass movies that came from 1985
0: yeah but specifically uh three movies in general is what spurred this uh so this is the wtf 1985 science comedy edition uh because within about a week span in early august of 1985 we got weird science real genius and my science project all came out within a week of each other and they're all basically just comedies with teenagers set around some sort of uh, science-y motif and it's just chaos and mayhem and polarity ensues.
1: And at first, I was coming at this going, "Oh, well, this is just a reaction to the previous year's Back to the Future." And then I'm like, "No, it was not. These were contemporaneous with Back to the Future." Back to the Future
0: explorers had come out. Uh, Then you you remembered that uh, Misfits of Science had come out that year on NBC. Yeah,
1: Misfits of Science. So 85 is the science year. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. Why? I I think it was.
2: This is my theory. I've got nothing to go on. No one's ever talked about this. But uh, John Hughes. He, he makes 16 Candles, big surprise yeah. hit. Then he makes Breakfast Club, which is sort of a surprise teen anthem of the 80s. Yeah. And so when people hear he's working on a third film, they all go, w- what is it? It's something science, <laughs> you know, weird science. <laughs> yeah. Okay, science. We got to make a science film. We got to get, we, we, we get on that bandwagon. We got to make yeah. a science film. And so they were just like a comedy and science and whatever the fuck you want to do, go.
0: Yeah. Well, plus it was a lot of these came out of the success of stuff like Revenge of the Nerds the year before. They just wanted to do mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the, the that kind of vibe. And that's kind of how Real Genius came to be uh, was the studio said, oh, that movie, we need to do that. And apparently it was a lot more like scatological with penis jokes in the early drafts and Martha Coolidge didn't want to do it. So then they brought in. Uh, there, there were a few good ones in, yeah. <laughs> in real genius. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, listen, if there's ever anything I can do for you, or more to the point, to you, you let me know, okay? Can you hammer a six inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. Well, they, they they came in and they toned it down and they made it more uh, like character driven, and then she came on and kind of did it because they were they were trying to get her to do it after the success of Valley Girl, and so there's some of that vibe to it, uh, and like weird science. The, I guess Hughes had pitched that to Joel Silver and they kind of just rolled with it. And he, while he was uh, doing Breakfast Club, I guess he had gone home from the shoot one day and knocked out like 30 pages of Weird Science and he came back and talked to Anthony Michael Hall. He's like, I want you to be in this movie that I'm doing next. And
1: Well, so Joel Silver was a fan of an actual like comic in the 50s called weird science that's where they
0: got the name yeah because
1: yeah and there was i guess a story in weird science about a guy whose wife leaves him and so he builds himself the perfect wife as a robot so that was sort Um, of that was loosely the inspiration for this thing
0: but yeah but john hughes wrote it in like two days he was notorious for that uh and it shows yeah it's (laughs) well that's just it you know he, he writes vacation uh huge hit he gets the chance to do 16 candles huge hit. Then he's doing Breakfast Club, which becomes a huge hit in the same year, 1985. So then he does Weird Science, which is just like a, a just a living cartoon. It's a totally different vibe from anything he did before or since. Yeah, and uh, it's just
2: ah, I don't know about that. I think it was more of a uh, a forerunner to Home Alone. You know, yeah, it's the same kind I guess, of yeah.
0: cartoony
2: kind of bullshit. Okay. It's also See, not. I See,
1: saw, I saw it as like all of the things that are problematic about yes. 16 candles or vacation, like yeah. being let off the leash a little bit and just being like, well, fuck it. Yeah. You know, well, if there's <laughs> just kind of go the, for it.
0: The elephant in the room. Uh, because of the three of these weird sciences, the one that while it's semi revered, I guess, uh, and still manages to kick around, it is definitely the most problematic. Uh, a because uh, it's it's basically, more so than yeah. sixteen candles keep going well but of the th- of the three that we're we're focusing on today we, we'll just keep it that way oh, oh yeah yeah because yeah. uh, it's literally about teenage boys who manufacture a sex pot and that's pretty much the the story and then it's just all hormonal blah 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 and then they discover themselves because of this older woman and that was a that was a theme going through the early 80s too because you had stuff like my tutor and stuff where it's the older woman shows the guy how to blah 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 i mean it's just it's just creepy but weird science is just it's a strange beast because it's just predicated on that weird uh antiquated idea but it's also strangely proto-feminist because lisa has a mind of her own and actually dominates everything of the movie like, she's just in control yeah, from the get Yeah, she ends get-go. up
1: being, like, the fairy godmother who, yeah, like, exactly. sets everything in, you know, in the right Which, direction yeah. for these, these wayward boys. <laughs> Which I'm glad you but, brought
0: that up because when I'm, I was thinking about it this week, I'm like, oh, shit, is Weird Science just, like, a weird hormonally charged 80s update of Mary Poppins? Is it? <laughs>
2: oh, it is.
0: <laughs> and then yeah. my mind went. <laughs> I liked Weird Science when it came out in 85, but it's just over time not as good there are moments but it's just scattershot through the whole thing like you get good bits and a lot of bad bits but when they're in the bar and Anthony Michael Hall is drunk and he starts doing oh, like the blues yeah, musician, this, like this it's
1: four like, hour long sequence where he's doing his, his black voice yeah.
0: let me tell you my story man last year I was insane for this crazy little 8th grade bitch Okay. Crazy, insane,
2: insane, crazy. I was nuts for the woman, man. Now you gotta believe me. I'm saying, I'm telling the truth here. I'm speaking to you. I mean, I was nuts for the girl. And what did it to me was these big titties she had for a thirteen year old girl, man. She wouldn't have to worry about no titties for the rest of her life, well You know, she was set and she was looking good, son. That's the truth, baby. Which
0: apparently he that went well. He and Hughes would watch, like. Richard Pryor and listen to Richard Pryor records on the weekend, and then that would incorporate in. And at some point, he was doing a Richard Pryor character called Bud Blood, his interpretation. And then Hughes is like, "Oh, let's we'll put that in. Let's just do that." So it's like Hughes is just looking at stuff, going, "Oh, we'll put that in, and we'll put that in." It's like this loosely strung along plot with all of this just random crap that Hughes is like, "We'll put that in." and we'll put that in from the creator of yeah. Long Duck Dog. <laughs> yes. Like they're uh. like, like they're watching Road Warrior one weekend and then he just decides he's going to put uh the dude from Road Warrior in it and then he gets the dude <laughs> from Road Warrior. I mean it's like what the fuck is this movie? Uh but then you
1: get the best thing about Weird Science, and everybody I think agrees on yeah. this is Bill, Bill pa- Paxton, Bill Paxton yeah. as the older brother Chet, Chet, who is just a sadistic asswipe. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and he just eats scenery constantly. I love um,
0: I love his haircut too—that stupid buzz cut—and apparently that was his idea. Like he went into the yeah. the makeup tra- trailer and just said. uh, I want Chet to have like the goofiest, like haircut short. And they said, Well, what about like the crop top? And he says, I love it. And the makeup artist is like, Oh, John Hughes would kill me. He's like, Just do it. <laughs> and then he showed up. And, that was, <laughs> and so that was the character of Chet. Ah, it's so funny.
2: <laughs> for A God's sake. A career making role for yeah. Mr. Paxton, Devin. For God's sake, will you that cover yourself? This and Aliens.
1: Yeah. But uh, the one two punch of weird science and aliens putting yeah. Bill Paxton on the map. Yeah. Without uh, those, we wouldn't have had Twister. True. You die.
2: Uh, she walks out of here with a severe limp.
0: Yeah. How'd you like a greasy pork sandwich served, served in a dirty ashtray? ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Chad. Uh, so yeah, so that's the the one of the three I think that uh, probably gets the most recognition, just because it's a John Hughes film. Well. Uh, and here's the thing,
1: right? That comes out, like, what, two weeks before My Science Project in yeah. 1985?
0: Yeah, Weird Science and comes out August I,
1: 2nd. And Weird Science is basically being marketed as, oh, my God, look at the hot chick. Hot chick, hot chick, yeah. right? And My Science Project is, like, not being marketed as that. <laughs> and it's in the theaters no. at the same time. So what are you going to go see? I never
0: saw My Science Project. No. I remember my science project showing up on like showtime or something a year later. And I gave it a world based entirely on the fact that Dennis Hopper was in it. it right. Was, it was his first movie after coming back from rehab right before he did blue velvet. So he wasn't in his career Renaissance yet. This was sort of his like, uh, coming out party from rehab and it fucking shows. It's just like, yeah. and he's just playing just a version of his, uh, stereotypical persona. Like when he's they... like huffing
1: gas in this thing, yeah.
0: I'm like, that's very Frank <laughs> like, Booth. Oh, this came before Blue Velvet. Ooh, intrigue. Yeah, but this has got the kid from uh, Carrie, John Stockwell. It's an. I early... think
1: you mean um, Christine, but yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. right. Whatever Stephen King one yeah. with a girl's name, the one about the car, Christine.
1: <laughs> yeah, Christine.
0: Um, and he plays pretty much the yes. same character. John,
1: John Stockwell, who's been failing senior year of high school for about eight years, <laughs> Which,
0: but he eventually in my science yeah, project, but he eventually becomes a naval aviator in Top Gun. So, you know, he eventually got his shit together, <laughs> uh, but it's him uh, early role for Fisher Stevens uh, as sort of the wise. Yeah.
2: Like the one memorable part of yeah. the, the movie. Yeah.
0: And then just a bunch of nonsense. But basically a kid, I guess it's. I can't tell where their fuck they are. It's around Area 51, I guess. Some sort of yeah, deserty like deserty town.
1: It's a different naval base or military, uh, who cares. Yeah. It's yeah. like an
0: like yeah. a old air force base, but it's like this whole preamble in the front where the government in the 50s found this alien artifact and then it gets buried. And then suddenly 30 years later, the kid finds it and then unleashes like this weird portal to other dimensions and then like historical figures and things start coming through to our current time and just, it's like a bad twilight zone episode, but it's very 50s. It, it be- does movie. have
1: one of the best movie dinosaur effects before Jurassic park. I've ever seen. <laughs> I, yeah.
2: guess. I guess I want, you, you want some interesting trivia though. Uh, uh, it's the first film of a guy, uh, John, uh, Batool, who wrote the last starfighter. Oh, and really? He didn't really. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't direct much after this. Uh, probably because nobody cared about this. He finally has his big comeback in 1995, writing and directing Theodore Rex, the Uh, notorious Theodore Rex. And from there, no more directing. From there, it's like, no, we're not giving you, we're not going to give you money to go down to the store and buy us gum. We don't trust you with anything.
0: It's just, yeah. And it's so weird. And so that, this one came out on August 9th. So this one came out, a week after Weird Science, uh, and then, yeah, like and, I say, um, yeah. you
1: know, Weird Science at least hinted that maybe there were boobs. There were not, they were but not. it hinted. <laughs> well, so. you knew
0: you were getting because it was PG thirteen. It's like no way you're getting boobs really in a PG thirteen movie. Come on.
1: I mean, there used to be boobs in PG movies back then. Don't don't you know you can't you can't <sighs> be sure. Yeah,
0: I mean you get like you get like boob wedge when Kelly LeBron is wearing like the the sweatshirt cut off. And you all, yeah, Brock was
2: so fine in this. Oh my god,
0: yeah, it was weird. And this is like this is after the Lady in Red, uh, but this I think before the
2: Steven Seagal years. Yeah, this is before
0: her (laughs) her career sort of floundered. Uh, but I think this is the one she's probably noted for the most. Uh, but then in between,
2: if you if you're not familiar with with her Oov, she's sort of the early uh, Liz Hurley.
1: That's that's who she yes. is. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a good yeah. that's a good uh reference. So
0: in between you say Chris? Uh so in between then we get Real Genius. This came out 2 days before my science project. Uh Really? So they're all within a week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They yes. all came out <laughs> within a week of each other. So it's like they all did terrible at the box office and it makes you wonder why. <laughs> it's like even the the press is like confusing the three movies. I couldn't get them straight cuz it's literally they're all the same in their eyes. So it's like Am I going to go see that weird genius movie or we want to go see that, uh, my science weirdness or whatever it is. I mean, it's, that's literally what was going on. They, they couldn't, or figure out if what. you
2: go to see, if you go to see one and you don't like it, aren't you pretty much going to say, you know what? All three are probably shit then. I yeah. mean, like one movie <laughs> exactly. is going to kill it for the other two.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think of the three, I have to say real genius is my favorite and still holds up to absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it doesn't even try. I mean, it just, it just sort of happens by osmosis, this thing. And it's based on the strength it, of Val Kilmer in his second major role after Top Secret. Uh, and he just kills it as Chris Knight. And it's just, he's the reason this movie exists. You can't have it without him. And uh-huh. everything, everything is just centered on that
2: though the writing is legit good in this film. Yes, I mean there yes. are actual written pieces of dialogue that aren't improv, they're written pieces you can tell because of the way you know they they, they, they it's a script. There's right. a script. And well, there's so many parts in there where I laughed at the setup and the delivery.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's Yeah, like there's a you know there's a guy named Laszlo who just occasionally walks through Val Kilmer's dorm, you know, he he's revealed as to who he is eventually, <laughs> yeah. but
0: Uncle Rico, but from the Foley and Dynamite, just yeah.
1: a f- just a fun fun character. Yeah, I mean <laughs> well, it's well, the, it's so good.
0: When you read the history in this, though, a lot of this is based on actual stories that have been around it, like Caltech, because it's loosely based on Caltech University and one of the dormitories there, uh, and like the the deal where the the student is gaming the, (laughs) the prizes because there's no limit to entries Mm -hmm. and it's just got a computer filling out as many as humanly possible. That, (laughs) that actually happened with some Caltech students who did it on like McDonald's or something and ended up winning like 20% of the prizes. So that's a real thing that they based that on. Uh, and then the whole subplot where the, the instructor's using his students to build military weapons that they don't know they're building. Apparently Martha Coolidge would get, yeah, yeah, Martha Coolidge got letters after the fact where people were like, that's exactly what happened to me. It's like, I did. I was in school. I was doing this. (gasps) Mm -hmm. And then I found out later that I was working on weapons for the government. It's like, what? (laughs) So it's, so they,
1: they, how very eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and the only appearance other than Valley Girl I can recall of Deborah Foreman, who was the lead in Valley Girl, and she appears in in Genius.
0: Uh, she's also in Lobster Man from Mars. Thank you very much. So,
2: she's you know in your... My Chauffeur, wasn't she? Something called My Chauffeur.
0: I think so. Yeah. She didn't have a huge career. Wow. But this. <laughs> you guys did work at video stores. Yeah. yeah. But this one is definitely you can t- you can tell it's Martha Coolidge because she brings in like deborah foreman but she also brings in michelle myrink uh yes. as, as jordan like the hyperactive adhd girl uh who's just she's my favorite character in this whole movie because she's just oh, this she's awesome whirling dervish bouncing around everywhere she goes and it's just you kind of wonder if that's really her but of course she's, it's not because she's just acting but when you're watching the movie you're like holy shit this girl's insane <laughs> i want to hang out with her uh it's just funny
1: uh, yeah, no, and it, it also has heart. There's something about it that, like, by the end of it, and the and the big sound up from Tears for Fears, everybody wants to rule the world, and all that. I don't right. know, just something about the movie transcends your sort of '80s hijinks, you know, college age hijinks movie. Yeah, it's it, it takes itself a little more seriously. It it respects its characters a little more.
0: Well, I like. Um, I like the that stakes they stakes are better. That they try so hard to make it uh, almost realistic for the science, and I guess they researched a bunch and tried to make it as uh, realistic as possible. Uh, but then by the third act, you've got the whole "We're gonna sneak onto the military base and sabotage the test so that we can do the popcorn <laughs> mm-hmm. in his office." I mean, it just it to- goes totally absurd by the third act. But by then, you don't care. You're totally in their corner.
2: But at the same time, you can see where they probably wrote something that did make sense. Yeah. It's just you couldn't show it. It's like if they right. did something with a computer and dialing in and you know changing the code, yeah. people would be like, what? Well, you know, cause yeah, you, would now get, you could do it, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you would get like the scene from weird science when they bust into the Pentagon to get the, the code or whatever. And it's like that mid eighties version of what it's like to be a hacker on the internet. And so it's like <laughs> all these like 3d graphics that are way advanced for even that time. But it's like, you yeah. take it for granted. It, like, even in the movie hackers, like 10 years later, it's the same bullshit. It's like, this is not what it's like. <laughs> this GUI is not like this. It's just a bunch of typing. And that doesn't look sexy, so we're going to have to do some graphics. I mean, it's yeah, that where, kind of bullshit. Why are
2: people always typing when they're, like, doing computer stuff when, especially when it's, like, you're supposed to press enter to make the thing happen? You know? Somehow, yeah. like, pressing enter makes the whole thing happen. Yeah. But that's a mouse click, isn't it? I mean, I don't Well, these really well, days. if you're in Linux, maybe.
1: I mean, actually, yeah. most servers are probably going to be command line. Uh, yeah, but today. these are.
2: These are people who are using, like, you know, cartoon graphics on their computer to show us what they're doing. Also they just, true. They just completed a search on search. Right. You know, that, that search engine, <laughs> internet search, you know, that everybody uses. Ask Jeeves. Find bot.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. The one that the, all the movie characters use. Yes. Yeah. Uh Shout out, by the way, to William Atherton. Yes. Uh, quintessential eighties dickhead. Yeah. He was, he was uh, in, the one in, who, who plays a quintessential '80s dickhead in, in real genius. Uh, yes.
0: But, but I don't think you, you, you can underestimate the double whammy of his professor, Jerry Hathaway and his, <laughs> and his <laughs> fucking minion Kent played by Robert Prescott, who was also the douchebag in bachelor party, uh, from the year previous. Mm. And, yes, <laughs> and Kent is like this doofus that has braces and glasses and he's just he's like basically a, uh, a proto Draco Malfoy almost because he's just so hateable because he's just such a jackass <laughs> and he thinks he's so much better than everyone else, even though he's not. But when they do the whole thing where they like knock him out and then they wire up his braces so that they can use a microphone to talk to him and they pretend it's their God Kent. It's Jesus. That's one of my favorite sequences in the entire entire 80s. Because it's like, how do I really know this is Jesus?
1: I want you to think about what you've done, Kent.
0: And from now on... Stop playing with yourself. (gasps) It is It is God. I mean, it's just so stupid, but it works. And like when I worked at Blockbuster, we would play this movie all the time. And people would literally Mm -hmm. just stop and turn and watch. It's like this and Raising Arizona were the two where people would just stop and turn and just watch and watch and watch. (laughs) 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 So classic. But the sad part is that uh, it made like $13 million at the box office so yeah
2: but uh, this is also the beginning of the era of things like failing at the box office but succeeding in home video yeah which I is mean, where most I think of it them made it's yeah it made its
0: return there you know? well yeah like that and this one in weird science definitely had a second life on video and cable um my well, science I mean, Real genius
1: according to wikipedia only had an eight million dollar production budget so 13 million yeah. domestic and so bad
0: so they made it back but, like weird science made almost 40 million. Uh, real genius made 13, and then my science project, the run of the litter barely made four million. And you have to wonder if any one of these had been held off, like would it have done better if they had just waited instead of saturating that week, where people have to make a choice between? This science movie, this science movie, or this science movie. It just doesn't make any sense why this happened. I'm just baffled.
2: Yeah. Again, I think it's because the guy who has been batting a thousand on all of two movies, granted, has a science movie coming out, and we have a science movie either on the dock or, you know, ready to release. Let's, let's go at the same time and maybe we can ride his coattails. Yeah. I, I, it's think, just it I think it's out lamer that than that. He
1: yeah. I I think it's lamer than that. I think it was um the this was also the point in time where really personal computers were actually entering homes on en mass and we had like war games was that 81?
0: 83.
1: Right. So so there was like a whole lot of was it 83? So that even yeah. makes it more credible. Like there there's this kind of oh, hey, that's a thing we can do and computers are hot, so let's make movies about computer people or something you know what i mean like i i can see how that was was there well Um, it
0: just makes me wonder if they'd have held off like say my science project just decided to wait until the next year would it have done better i'm saying no probably because it's just it's not a good movie (laughs) By any stretch. I mean, it's. No, just-
1: but, but think about the competition in 86, right? Like, 85 was, was pretty full of blockbusters. 86 was kind of weak, right? They could have gone up against Space Camp, right? Well,
0: yeah. But you look at 8 <laughs> oh. A- or Manhattan Project, that came out in 86 as well. So it's sort of like, <laughs> it, it's sort of, that's the trickly, like, thin end of the science comedy tale, I think, in 86, <laughs> where you start to see it just running out of steam. But, uh, but it's just my science project is just, it lacks the goofy manic charm of either weird science or real genius. It's just sort of this straight up ode to the fifties B movie. And it just falls so flat. It's just, none of the characters are enjoyable. It's just, it doesn't, it's totally forgettable by the time you've watched it. I mean, I watched it again this week on YouTube and I'm like, I don't even remember what I saw. It's just so yeah, forgettable.
2: It bears, <laughs> <laughs> It bears all the quality of a movie of say Theodore Rex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. exactly. I mean, I, I keep think say I keep thinking there's some there's a definite clue going on here. That is like 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 tragically one of the most historically awful films ever made, like ever, ever. Uh, yeah, it's like Plan Nine from Outer Space is at least watchable, like from a funny perspective. You watch this. This is like uh, anyway yeah <laughs> yeah the, the guy the guy making the, there was there was no quality going on here, you know right. It was just a, a guy who had a couple of screenwriting credits who was given a chance to direct something. yeah and I think normally he would have been allowed to just fail in silence, but the fact that he was now being put in contention with these other films, well, because of a uh, a trend. It's, yeah. it, it probably fucked him harder. He probably just, well, you know, he just needed a chance to fail at directing and then he would get another one and yeah. do better. Well,
0: part of the problem was that this is one of the first releases for Touchstone Pictures, which was like the Disney arm for more adulty content, <laughs> yeah. I
1: guess. Touchstone, who had passed on Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, who thought, wow, this is our um, this is
0: our chance. Uh, and so yeah. so you've got that push. So the fact that this is a Disney movie just is also baffling to me because it's just, it's terrible. Like that's such obvious jokes from the get go. But like when, uh, Dennis Hopper's character, Bob Roberts, the science teacher comes back from his like trip to the past. He went to the sixties to relive it. He's wearing the same outfit that he wore in easy Rider, and was just like doing the whole thing. And was like, that's the laziest fucking joke. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody cares. Like you could hear the critics. Or
2: Fisher Stevens, Fisher Stevens with his weird science gun saying, uh, go ahead, make my semester. Yeah. Oh.
0: Well, the, the thing, there's even the thing where he's talking to the, his friend, John Stockwell, and he's like, it's just like that one movie I saw the other week where it was the, the call that killed people. I'm like, oh God, they just made a reference to the movie that the other dude made with Stephen King like two years ago. Like, this this is fucking awful. So it just did you get
2: the feeling? Did you get the feeling John Stockwell thought he was much better than everything in this film? Because he just had this sort of this this draw and this sort of laid back thing. Like he was in a different movie. Everyone else is in a goofy cartoon science movie. And he's like, Oh god damn it, how do how do I make this end?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I do get the sense that he felt like he was maybe trapped in like a limbo remake of christine it's just because he's because he's the gearhead uh doing his thing and it's just but then like when he he goes to his home which is the apartment above the hardware store that his dad owns uh and his his new stepmom is lana from three's company that always threw me for a loop when i watched that because remember lana like the the big bosomed uh cougar that was always after jack and she had that really breathy it's
2: lana not lana and (laughs) shut up (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's just like the parts and pieces are there but not quite uh it just doesn't work. Cuz I mean you get movies that do their tribute to the 50s B movie and they're good like Tremors. This one it just it's flat. It just no. I don't understand it, I don't get it, but the fact that it came on the heels of two other similar movies, <laughs> it's just it's hilarious to me because it got buried by the time it came out everyone was like nope. Nope. Sorry. Nope. So it failed.
1: They they were too busy staying home and watching Misfits of Science. Oh God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I, I just have to call Misfits of Science out because again, like this is eighty five, so we're like fourteen, right? Like this and and we're susceptible to just awful things. I watched the show at the time. I I did. did. Yeah. And it it is awful. You know, it is it is Basically, low-budget X-Men, in which the actual characters wear T-shirts that say "Misfits of Science" on them. Right <laughs> in the show, yeah. Like for um, there's a guy that can pull electricity out of things and shoot lightning bolts, and Courtney Cox is a telepath or something. Yeah. Oh, there boy. is. There is a uh, a British TV show though called
2: Misfits that is I think I'm not sure if it's a direct remake or if it's just a similar con I I think given that it's called Misfits, it's probably somebody trying to do the same thing. It is so goddamn good. It is really good. Uh, it, it, but it's you know like these these assholes who are all like on work release and a lightning storm comes and gives a bunch of people superpowers. Yeah, and it's. I, I all I can say is you know if if you can find it I think it's on Hulu It's Misfits of Science done well and it's also the first Does time I anybody actually I've
1: sing what- <laughs> Johnny B good while they're shooting lightning bolts
0: <laughs> Yeah I don't know
1: <laughs> cuz that this happens in Misfits of Science Well you know when you're But sh- it is
2: the first time you is the first time you'll see Joseph Gilgan in something Yeah uh who was uh, 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 uh that that vampire from preacher
0: Yeah but it's also Courtney Cox. It's like her first thing. And then, of course, the star of the show uh, is Dean Paul Martin, who's Dean Martin's son. And it's just nope, like no charisma whatsoever. It's like, <laughs> how, how is your dad Dean Martin, dude? Because you're like a blank slate of mauve like paper. I mean, it's just come on, bro. But it does, <laughs> it does have the, uh, the distinction of uh, also featuring the actor Max Wright, who would go on to be the dad and Alf a few years later. So, a big staple of the 80s, that guy.
2: Was he the one who was charged with pedophilia crimes, or was he the one who was charged with polygamy crimes? Uh, I forget. I get my 80s dads mixed up.
0: I think you're thinking of Jeffrey Jones, who is the one who got busted for, like, uh, child porn or something. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) I don't care. So Look, the
2: thing is he's dead and so he can't do nothing to me. So yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs>
0: there you go. Uh so yeah, so of so, the, yeah. of, the th- of the three, uh Eric, what's your your verdict?
2: Oh definitely uh 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 my science not my science, but, um, <laughs> the, my- Oh shit. Why can't I think of it? The the one the one that's good. Real genius. Yeah, real okay. Yeah. Thank you. We're all gonna yeah. say real genius, yeah. Chris.
1: We we've got this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh <laughs> So, uh, although, uh, special, special, uh, uh, notice to Weird Science for having a really good Boingo song as its theme, fair song. Enough. right? I do still like Goingo Boingo,
0: which, uh, think of the year for Elf Elfman, too, because '85 is when Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out as well. And so he gets two big, solid movie deals, uh, from that year. But this one, I think Hughes just Shit, called him it's up. It's also the year Dead Man's Party came out. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, this, but Hughes like called him up just out of the blue and says, I need a song for my movie, Weird Science. And then this is what you get. And it's like, for, for a movie that was essentially cobbled together <laughs> from like bailing wire and duct tape, it actually came out fairly good for what it is. Uh, I mean, it's definitely slick, but it's still just the tropes. You get Robert Downey Jr. in an early role. Uh, and it's just so Downey
1: jr in, in his heavy drug days. Yeah. Apparently he was like slushy guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Apparently he would just like, while they were off camera, he would like shit in people's trailers as a joke. And like, I guess the rumor was that they had done it to Kelly, the Brock and John Hughes, let just went ballistic and Downey never owned up to it. And I guess like, it was only a few years ago, he was doing some show, and he basically uh, owned up to the fact that, yeah, he would just take dumps in people's trailers as a joke. <laughs> but it wasn't Kelly LeBrock. Using their actor. toilets, right? No, <laughs> no. Using no. their toilets? No, no. He would just take Just, big... like,
2: on a table?
0: Yeah, it's oh, on, the, on the floor or whatever. Because he, he thought it was funny. But it's like, dude, come on.
1: <laughs> and he didn't even use the excuse of, I was method acting the Joker. Like, he just, he just did it. <laughs> yeah, because he was an okay. asshole.
0: Okay. But the the jokes wow. on him because like the year the year after that like him and Anthony Michael Hall got cast on SNL, but it was like the worst year by far of any SNL season, and they got kinged. yeah
1: yeah. I don't think the joke is on uh, is on Robert Downey Jr. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: to be fair, it took him a while to get back to the top. Uh, but I will say this too: that Weird Science is the reason that the vacation movies don't have the same actors playing the kids in any. In- iteration, because 85 was when European Vacation was going to come out, and instead of doing that, Anthony Michael Hall did Weird Science, and so they had to cast other actors, and so that set the theme for every Vacation movie having different kids. It's all because of John Hughes. What do you think about that? Speechless. Eh, I could do without the Vacation <laughs> movie. Speechless. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bitch can't hold a smoke. That's all what right. it is.
1: So, have have we squeezed all the blood out of this particular stuff
0: (laughs) i guess i'm just befuddled aren't you that three movies would come out within a week of each other so similar no
1: i'm not it's it's
2: all about marketing it has nothing to do with chance it's just marketing
0: i guess but like one or two like two come out it's fine like deep impact armageddon volcano uh dante's peak that i get but like three this is some sort of like weird like alternate within a uni- week yeah within a week it's like some sort of alternate universe deal it's like ah, uh, and the lead off with weird science that's just because it's john hughes there's a lot of ground to cover and so by the time you get to my science project it's just even if it was good it would have just flailed but it's also 85 so you've got back to the future comes out goes ballistic and then suddenly that makes teen wolf a giant fucking success like $90 yeah. million dollars worldwide yeah. based on the fact that people wanted to see Michael J. Fox in something else. It's like, 85 was just a weird year.
2: Also, think about how cheap it was to make a movie in 1985 compared to 95. It's like, right, no one had yet made a $100 million movie yet. And mm-hmm. by 95, you know, Titanic is about to come out. I mean, yeah. you could, a studio therefore could make, you know, seven or eight films for a year. And if one bombs horribly, that's okay. I've got a few others to roll out. Right. So I'm sure they had a bunch of stuff on the shelf, science-wise, and some marketing guys said, hey, fuck it. Let's try it. Let's all chase each other's dragon.
0: Yeah. Why not? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. A very oddball year, uh, but you just, yeah. I don't, I don't think you'll see anything like any of these movies come out anymore. I just, unless it's a TV show, which apparently they tried to make a weird science show that was, that was on for like five years yeah, in and, the nineties. And John Hughes That's apparently had no, <laughs> no clue that it was happening. He said he was watching TV one day and then the promo came on for, he's like, this seems like they stole my idea. And then he saw it was a weird science show. He's like, they did steal my idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that and was he's a like, like show I don't for care, but where's my check? Years? For yeah. five years. Yeah. Like
0: really? years. On like USA network or some shit. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. But yeah, but Hughes was because notorious for going, you're not making any sort of TV show from my movies. I'm not going to help you, which is they why- They made the,
1: a Ferris Bueller show. Yeah, but they he- made it real- Yeah, But shut up. Yeah, but he,
0: didn't, but he didn't have any involvement in it, which is why- They made an Uncle Buck show. And he didn't have any involvement in that. He's like, I'm not going to help you with any of this stuff, and that's why they all failed miserably. Uh, but I will tell you this as, a, as an end, to show you why- We revere John Hughes, but at the same time, I get the sense he was kind of a dick. Uh, Martha Coolidge had been talking to him in the prep for, uh, I think it was Pretty in Pink, she was signed up to do. And she had done like almost a year of prep on that. And then at the last minute, she got fired and got replaced by Howard Deutsch. She comes to find out later that Howard Deutsch and John Hughes had a falling out and they had reconciled and made up. And so, as a sort of an olive branch, John Hughes said, all right, give this movie to Howard Deutsch. So Cooley just got fired. She didn't come out and find that out until years later, but she said uh, she had talked to him a little after that and had relayed that she had been flying back and forth from New York and had some like weird thing where she had to take a bunch of different transports to get to her destination, and she wanted to make that into a movie. And like two years later, he had done planes, trains, and automobiles. And she's like, so bottom line, <laughs> don't tell John Hughes any of your fucking story ideas because he will take them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> end of story.
2: And now he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so where would you put Weird Science in his oomph? High, low, mid?
2: I would say it's a low and a harbinger of things to come.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, pretty far down, but not not necessarily below like those... John Candy movies. Yeah. That he was, it's like Uncle basically yeah.
2: those for those three films, uh, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, and Weird Science. Basically, they're like his his three Danny Elfman scores that right. you'll hear some version of in every film. Then from <laughs> then on, you know, <laughs> yeah. just funny because I think
1: I think you skipped my two favorite John Hughes movies, which are Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller, both of which I'm not even sure he directed. He directed Ferris Bueller? Yeah. He didn't direct Pretty in Pink? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He directed Ferris yeah. Bueller. But Howard Deutsch yeah. did Pretty in Pink. Uh, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't direct anything after Weird Science until I think she's having a baby. Uh, when he started to do the less teenagey stuff, so it's sort of that was the shift. So, uh, Weird Science was his last like teenager flick, and it shows. So, right. There you well, go. no, uh,
1: Ferris Bueller was '86. Oh, right, 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 right,
0: Anyway, that one. Um, pardon, okay. But it it's either yeah. it's either
2: like the heartwarming story of kids, it's the uh, drama of uh kids or it's the the wackiness you know it's the he he does he he does those three notes yeah yeah like like Mm -hmm. heartwarming uh you know sort of a dark moment and a whole lot of silly you know (laughs) it's it's just (laughs) his movies
1: are deeply silly all of his movies are silly if you actually go back Uh, and look
2: yeah
0: they're all very problematic i don't want to get into it but anyway
2: i find them I find them fucking aggravating. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a fan of John Hughes at all. Yeah.
0: Over time, it's, it's harder to like them. Uh, but at least Weird Science hasn't fallen into the Revenge of the Nerds realm, where it's just nigh unwatchable because of how troublesome it is. It hasn't reached that <laughs> peak yet for me, but it's close. It's close.
1: It, it's getting there. Yeah.
0: But- uh, Anyway. But Paxton pulls it out for the, uh, the silver medal. Uh, there you have it. So- Oolah. 1985 what the fuck
1: 1985 hey folks if you've got show ideas obviously we could use a few uh hit us up <laughs> hit us up on twitter we are at maghuge m-a-g-h-u-g-e uh you can find us on facebook and instagram as a magnificently huge podcast uh you can email magnificently at gmail.com find links to all that stuff on our website maghuge.com it's also got all the old shows on it. You can also just get all the old shows by doing what you should do, which is subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes and share it with your friends on social media and spread the love. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs)